What's up, everyone? How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Joe Media Promotions. On this week's episode, we sat down with the 2006 Cast Car Super Series champion, the 2016 Oscar Super Late Model champion, the 2018 EPC Series champion, as well as the 2019 Flambro Speedway Track champion. If you guys know, if you guys know who it is, just off those few clues, is the driver the number 84 Pro Late Model. It's Mr. J.R. Fitzpatrick. J.R. took some time and sat down with us and talked to us about uh, how he got involved in racing, uh, rising up through the ranks, racing down in the States, and you know what, guys? So much more. He also took a few minutes and answered a couple of our fan questions that we got sent into us. Uh, before we jump into this week's episode, guys, we, of course, we're going to have a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media Promotions. Let's go! All right, everyone, just before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media Promotions. Jomo Media provides race-ready promotions to bring you and your team to the next level. We provide weekly updates as well as providing off-season, mid-season, end-of-year write-ups for your team. On top of the write-ups, we have photo and video opportunities as well. For more information, contact us at jomopromos at gmail.com. That's J-O-M-O-Promos at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow us at Jomo Media. All right, guys, just before we, of course, just before we jump in this week's episode with uh, Mr. J. R. Fitzpatrick, we're just going to have a quick few words here. It's, before I get started, guys, it's race week. That is right, you guys. We are heading back to the track here in Ontario. This week, we have two tracks who are racing. We have uh, Flambrough Speedway with their first leg of the Triple Crown race. Um, Sunset Racing, sorry, not Sunset Racing, Sunset Speedway also has an event this weekend. Guys, there's so much racing going on. Um, if, if you, obviously we can't have fans, um, please stop asking the tracks if we can have fans, guys, it, it, it gets annoying for them. I can understand. I can believe that. Um, of course, guys, we're going back to the track for, for the first time in 2021. There has been practice. There was practice on Saturday. I was down there for a committee meeting with the CVMs. Um, I'm excited to get next week, guys. We're going to have the first ever CVM corner. Um, we are going to drop a few minutes of CVM action for you guys. Um, I will give you guys my take on the race as well as um, the top. I'll probably get run you guys through the entire field. Uh, I, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, we're going to have the, uh, the, the late models, the pro late models. They're running 100 laps. Um, we are also going to have, who else are we going to have, guys? Mini stocks, pure stocks, CVM, super stocks. Great lineup of racing. You guys can catch all the action at from Flamborough Speedway on GeForce Racing TV or GeForce uh, TV uh, on YouTube. Uh, Adam, Jeffrey, or sorry, Adam, <laughs> Adam, Clinton, and Jeffrey, or fuck, I, I, I'm screwing up this, guys. Adam Ross, Clinton, Jeffrey, and I believe Dale Callan will be back be, uh, on the mic this weekend at Flamborough Speedway. I'm excited to get back with the Young Drivers Canadian Vintage Modifieds and do my media thing there. Um, if you guys follow them, it's at Vintage Modifieds on uh, Instagram, at Vintage Mods on Twitter. And you guys can also find us on Facebook um, by just typing in Canadian Vintage Modifieds and you guys can find the group right there. Where, where what? Uh, when, I, when this airs, we're four days away. That's right, guys, four days. Uh, so I'm recording Sunday night, so four days because um, we're six days out now. 
I'm excited, man. I can't wait. I'm getting like my, my, uh, it's like almost Christmas morning when you go to the track, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I got, I don't have too much to talk about tonight, guys, but I was there Saturday. And of course, guys, it was, uh, I only got to stay up for a little bit. I was there with a meeting of, obviously, like I just said prior, um, they, it was, the track was green. It looked, it looked fun. It looked slick. So I'm excited to get back there Saturday when some more rubber gets laid down. I will be back at the track. So any any drivers who are listening and would like some any footage, uh, video or pictures, let me know, guys. I'll I'll, I'll be more than happy to uh, to take some. I'm bringing my camera as well with me um, and a couple GoPros um, to to do some testing. Uh, gotta gotta get ready for next this year, guys. I'm excited for it. Um, I. I I don't know much too much else what's going on right now, guys. So, of course, guys, well, you know what? Why don't we just jump into this week's episode? I'll do some more talking at the end if I need to. Um, so here's our interview with Mr. J.R. Fitzpatrick. So let's sit back, relax, and let's go racing. All right, guys, this week on the True North Racing Podcast, we are sitting down with Mr. J.R. Fitzpatrick. J.R., how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh I, I saw you at the track yesterday. I didn't get to say hi or anything, but I did see you re, uh, practicing yesterday. Um, how did that go for you? I mean, it went pretty good. We uh, we rolled out a new car. Um, pretty proud of it. Uh, I teamed up a little bit with David White from WMI in St. Thomas there, uh, knowing Dave. And 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 uh, it, he was crew chief for DJ Kennington for many, many years. And I've known him even before he was even, uh, you know, who he is today um very talented and so anyway long story short i just figured I'd, I'd try and keep our our chassis manufacturer stuff in canada especially with these crazy times and and just try something different and and, and i was happy i was we were quickest yesterday and, and and the car drove well so what more can you ask for yeah for sure um so obviously going into we're, we're this is probably the what i guess the second longest off season we've had before in canada considering 2020 was the same kind of a um, kind of deal how's the off season been for you actually my off season is great you know I got obviously I'm married I have two little girls so I, I stay busy with the family and we try to do as much camping and, and side by siding as we can and and uh, sometimes snowboarding and all that in the winter and so I, I like to stay busy and we usually do a pretty good good job of staying busy and obviously working on cars all the time through the winter so uh, the off season sometimes not long enough <laughs> yeah for sure um, so we're going to jump back in time here, I guess we're going to start off with about, let's talk about how you got into racing. If I remember correctly, please quote me if I'm wrong. Um, your dad raced before, correct? Yep. Yep. That's right. Uh, okay. So I just want to get that out of the way before I sound like an idiot. Um, so obviously you, you've been around racing pro- your whole life, eh? Yeah. I've been literally probably since I've been three or four years old, been going to racetrack. Uh, so prior to you racing, what did your dad race? Uh, well, how it all started was my dad actually sponsored Malpre from Sable Beach because they were working in the same factory because my dad owns a, a machinery moving business that's yep. still running today. So they met and uh, sponsored Mal for two years and we were going to watch him. And then just one day, my dad just decided, hey, like, I want to try that. And he tried it. And then a year later, my dad built one himself. And and that would have been 1992. So been going a long time. But uh, and then I think it was 1994. Five, Salt Speedway started the junior late model program, which is still going strong today. And Joe Chisholm Jr. and myself were the first two to ever do a junior late model race in Canada. 
And I like telling everybody and reminding Joe Jr. that I won the first race in Junior Late Mall in Canada. So that's basically where I got my start, man. Masala Beach up in 1995. Nice. So obviously your early years were, were packed with fun, I guess, going up to the beach and, and whatnot. Um, did you – so obviously Masala Beach start, started that. Um, growing up myself, uh, crewing with David Elliott, we ended up going to Delaware Speedway on a regular for Friday nights. And that's when I got introduced to the junior late models there. I've never raced them personally. They, they've always looked cool to me. Um, did you ever race there or no? Yep. So it's funny because, so we spent 95, 96 of Sobble and then uh, the junior cast car started, which is the same thing, but they call it junior cast car then started in 1997, I believe. I might be wrong with that. 96 or 97. And anyway, my dad went to cast car racing in 96 97 so i moved to delaware wednesday nights in 1998 so i raced there from 1998 all the way until i think 2001 okay and then what did you move into after that uh so that was the funny thing so the problem we had with my dad was still racing we had don thompson we had a full obviously full-time professional organization running out of our shop that we still run out of today and the problem we had was my dad wanted the race and who were, what were we going to do with me and who was going to go with me and all that. So we were talking about, you know, the street socks or trucks, one of the two at Delaware speedway and maybe pro challenge. Cause they were coming out then, yeah. but all that, all that, you know, cost money. And, and what we had is we had a late model sitting in the barn that Don and my dad drove maybe once or twice a year, a brand new, well, it wasn't brand new, but it was only like four race old how car. Okay. And so they just decided, you know, like, let's just go practice. And, and, and when I seem ready, we'll go start racing it because I mean, it was together, it was there and, and really the price to build a new super stock would have been probably around the same as late model. So we just, uh, I started testing late models and cast cars at 13 and then I ran my first late model race. I believe I was 13, no 14. And then, uh, ran three races in 2000 two and won my first late mile race of Lambert Speedway in 2003 man oh, wow. I've, been around, I've been around a long time <laughs> you have for sure and and you know look, looking at looking at it like 2003 that would put me at 11 years old so I'm probably about 15 I guess then yeah about ish you know like I, I look at it like our age gap like it's not that big but at the same time like you you know it looked like you have accomplished a lot in such a short time Right. And I mean, definitely early on, I'd say, because, yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like, I feel like when I was first started racing, you know, Pete Shepard, the third was probably the first I remember being a young guy in a late mall or a young guy in a street stock. So yeah, I remember he was like 13 when he got into that street stock back then. And everybody thought that was crazy. But you look at now, if you're not like 11 in a street stock now, you're, they would call you old almost. Cause you know, look yeah. at the last bitch boys they're, they're They started when they were so young, but I feel like I was fortunate to have a good foundation with the cast car stuff here. And, and, and they moved me in a good, on a good pace, probably a little quick, but in a good pace. And, and I had a lot of good people to lean on. So I feel like a lot of my success was, was early on. And, and then obviously when I started getting older, it, it got a little hard for a while, but you know, we're, we're winning lately. So that's all that matters. Exactly. So I'm going to kind of bring up a little memory here and please tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I've seen on your Instagram probably last year or so 
Um, looked like you made a mini stock. You built a mini stock uh, a bunch of years ago. Is that correct? Yeah, that was, I have to try and remember now. That was, it was number 48. It was a Toyota Celica. It was actually, it's still out there. I'm trying to remember the name of the person who has it now, but yeah, I built my first car by myself in, I want to say it was 2005 or 2006. Because okay. uh, obviously even with the cash car stuff, I never built any of that stuff. We had full-time guys here, man. We had a legit yeah. full operation. So the first car I ever built by myself was with my friend, Andrew Collaxon back then. And it was a Toyota Celica and we wanted to try and race it. And anyway, I ended up selling it before we raced it. All I did was test it and, and my buddy Pete Shepard there will tell you that he destroyed it on a practice day on Tuesday. <laughs> and so I never really got to race it. Okay. And then obviously when you were 16, I believe it was 16 that you end up getting into the cast car super series. Yep. That's right. So, you know, I guess being a young guy then was almost unheard of, I guess, in that series. Was that correct? Like I'm, I'm going to assume. Yeah. I, I think 16, I think I was one of the young, youngest for sure um and it was tough man back then you're talking 40 or 50 cars that were coming and 100 lap heat races and so just to qualify for that race was a big deal and then when you start racking out top tens it's a big deal and then you know once you win your first race it's a even bigger deal obviously and 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 i really feel like nowadays you know you see someone who's 16 and and let's just say a late model it's it's just normal I mean, yeah. you're talking 20 years ago then is it was definitely unheard of, but there was definitely a few guys like, like Pete Shepard's two years older than I am. And, and he was started off a lot earlier than I did. And, and I feel like we we're uh, rolling down the same path as him. For sure. So obviously running in the super, the, the super series was, was pretty big deal. I don't have much of a memory on it of it. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, <laughs> I kind of started following that series once I heard that NASCAR had bought them, I'm right. going to be honest with you. So I don't know much about the history of the NASCAR Super Series, but I'm always on the um, uh, snooping in on the on the NASCAR Super Series page on uh, on Facebook there, and just going through memories and stuff like that. Because you know what, it's that that's how our race, our biggest series in Canada, got started. Was, was that division, and you know, it, there was an East and West division. I remember hearing about that. And then it just kind of all came together with NASCAR. So for me, I, I, I don't know much about it. Um, but I do know that in the last year of it was the year that you won the championship. Was that correct? Yep. Or Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, that's right. So, cause I still get bothered about a bug. I should say a lot of people say, well, you know, that's one thing you never won was a NASCAR Pinty's championship. No, I never won it labeled as NASCAR, but I won it when there was more cars and the tour was insane, man. When it was NASCAR Super Series, like I said, we we go out west. There's 45 cars there. Like there's guys going home, 100 lap heat races. Unfortunately, with cost of racing and just the way some of the things are, that class is still just as tough. But there's 12 to 15 just tough guys, not 30 of them. So yeah, I always wish I won it as a NASCAR brand, but at the same time, I'm proud that we won it in 2006 when it was at its at its prime. For sure. And then, of course, turning jumping in from that to to NASCAR, you were no, you were still no slouch, ch- changing the name per se. But like, it, it, as obviously you got older, you had better opportunities. You had an opportunity to go down to the states and go run yeah. some races down there. So, how did that come about for you? So a lot of that was because of the NASCAR Pinties, or should I say NASCAR taking over the series, which then it was NASCAR Canadian Tire Series, and and then the gentleman who was looking out 
after the whole outfit was uh, Richard Buck. And he hooked us up with TRG, who was a, a road course racing group. So it was actually called the Racers Group. And um, so they decided that they want to start uh, another truck team, which was the 71 truck at the time. Anyway, I went and did a test with them in the 7 truck, and everything went well. And, and then uh, they put me in for three races. We had some backing from Mamu Canada, who we do a lot of business with, or used to. And uh, sure enough, uh, it turned into was supposed to be a full deal in 2009. And unfortunately, just the way things were rolling and whatnot, they pulled out. So that was kind of a, a crappy deal. But man, we started off really strong. Obviously, we, we could have won Daytona when we were fast at Martinsville. We were fast at a lot of the tracks we went to. It's just when you race down there, the tracks are so different. The, the cars or trucks are so different because they run different suspension they run a different tire you got aerodynamics that come into play that nobody will ever feel around here not even at jucasa yeah so you know a lot of people say you know that it, it looks easy maybe because the tracks are big but man it's not easy at all it's it's definitely hard and and when we race such short season here and those guys race 24 7 so yeah it was definitely a hard learning curve and, and i think when i moved home i was pretty pissed off and bitter about it because i, I felt like I could beat beat those guys, just never really had the best opportunity down there. Yeah. And, you know, even when they came to Canada to go run at Montreal, you you end up getting a ride, I believe, one year with Kevin Harvick Incorporated, yep. uh, another year with Junior Motorsports. He ran the road courses for them. Yeah. To me, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Please do not take this to heart. I was never a fan of you growing up. Nobody it, was. <laughs> Cause, Cause to me, you came off as not, you kind of said it bitter, but like a little, a little arrogant, so to speak. But you know, as you being the only Canadian down in the field there, I'm going to be honest, I found myself cheering for you. And then of course, you know, you coming back to Flambro and I think it was 2007, 2008, or sorry, 2018 or 20, 20, 2017 or 2018 there. Um, I'm going to be honest. I started pulling for you more. Cause I was like, man, this guy, you know, he, he went all the way up here. And now he's just back here, you know, racing Saturday night with us. And I, I've, I've noticed how you mellowed out and stuff like that. So I was like, I, I'm, you know, you're a guy I can, I can cheer for now. Yeah. I get that a lot. So I don't take it personal at all. I still get that sometimes now. So what a lot <laughs> of people probably don't know or understand about me too is, is like I wear hearing aids. I have progressive hearing loss in both ears. Okay. So when, pe when some people are trying to talk to me and I don't even answer them or I don't even look at them, it's probably mostly because I honestly don't hear you. So I literally have to look right at you. So right now you're on Bluetooth on my phone and my hearing aids. So that's why I can hear you. But okay. um, I get that a lot. And, 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 and at the track, which most drivers are, most drivers are a lot different away from the track when they are at the track. But yeah. I was going through, I was going through a lot of wild stuff you know, post NASCAR then nationwide. And, and then when I went back to their trucks and, and I got that ride with go Canada and we, and we finished fifth in the nationwide race at Montreal. And so it, it's just hard when, you know, you can get the same opportunity. Um, it's just hard for us here because the sponsorship's not really there. And, and the time frame for us is, is much shorter. And so, yeah, I was bitter and sometimes still get a little bitter about it, but, um, you know, I got a lot of cool things going on in my life now that I don't even have to get bitter about that kind of stuff. You're absolutely correct. You know, <laughs> even returning back here, you you started running the, uh, it was the Oscar super late models at the time. Uh, now they're just the, I believe they're just the Ontario super late models. 
Yeah. Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, you won the championship for them in 2016. Yep. Yep. So, yep. and when, and when I a- came back from the States, I actually started, I built a street stock first. Not a lot of people remember that, but it was a, a Monte Carlo street stock. It yeah. was badass, dude. I wish I still had that thing. Could I be racing the APC street stock tour with it if I still had it? Cause what I wanted to do is me and my buddy, Derek Cowell, who everybody knows is stretch. He, he and I wanted to come back and, and do the stages of racing that I missed. So the good Saturday night slash grassroots racing, what everybody call it. So we built two super stocks, one for me, and I built one for Jeff Schaller to race Delaware Speedway with. We won two track championships there, and, and I just wanted to go to all the big events I've never been to. So Autumn Colors, Oktoberfest at the time, started yeah. in 09. So I wanted to come back and return and do all that stuff. And then to be honest, a lot of that racing I did for fun at Delaware, Flamborough, Peterborough, et cetera, made me decide in 2014 that I was just finished with NASCAR Pinty Series because – I realized what fun and racing was and what taking it too serious was. And, yeah. and I needed, I needed more fun of racing in my life instead of, you know, the hardcore pressure. If you finish second, you suck kind of lifestyle. Yeah. If you, the, almost the, the old saying from Ricky, from uh, Talladega Nights there, if you're not first, you're last. That's exactly it. And that's what it felt like. And I was getting a lot of pressure from a lot of people that were associated with us that if you don't win every race, you're nothing. So it was, I had a blast doing the street stock stuff. So then I just had the opportunity because my wife, uh, her family has been in the Oscar super lates forever. So I started driving my father-in-law's super late twice a year. And then that's how I fell in love with super lates. I just decided I want to do that for a couple of years. And so I'm, so if anyone that doesn't know, the super late malls are pretty much a different breed of, of a race car up here in Canada. And so for you, the super, like, I don't even know what these super lates would be equivalent to because I heard there's more motor, there's more brakes. I don't know if that's true or not, but if you can give the def- the the um, the differences between our pro late model and the super late models, that'd be great. So basically, well, now, I mean, you're only talking a few years, but now there's not too too much different. But I mean, a lot of guys spend a lot of money on motors and super late stuff. Like you're talking super late mall has anywhere from, let's just say a 550 to a 750. What I know is out there. Some guys have probably 800 in the States, which yeah. is a ton of power. Uh, the cars are lighter. They have an outlaw body on it. So it's a steel body, basically no rule, just a, a ground height rule and, and, and uh shock. So those are really the biggest things I'd say, because, a lot of people don't know either that my super late, I turned it into my pro late, which I ended up winning an ABC championship with by changing a few things, but wasn't too, too bad. Okay. Um, and when I ran the super late, I actually took advantage of, they started doing the 604 crate engine. So the same engine that a pro late uses, but they just give you a massive weight break. And I ended up utilizing that and, and it paid off. Okay. And then obviously, you know, you, you jump back into weekly pro late model division in, um, uh, like I said, I think it was 2017, I think it was. Am I correct? Or am I off? I, no, I, I, so what happened is after the super late deal, um, I was out of money because basically when we stopped racing Pinties, my dad said he was done because he funded all the Pinty stuff, obviously. Yeah. That stuff's, that stuff's expensive. So basically when he said, we're done, I don't want to do any racing no more, blah, blah. So I just left on my own. So I was basically out of money in 2017, you know, just started emily was born and so anyways it's it a lot of money so i got a ride with marvin freiberger in the yeah. 37 car and that i ran a few races in 2017 with him 
and then uh, it was that was a bad deal. It was just not where I needed to be, and uh, ended up wrecking that car due to a parts failure. And that's when I pulled my super late out of the barn and and we started cutting up and made it a pro late. And then I never actually did myself weekly racing ever until yeah. Flamborough in 2019. That's my first ever home track weekly racing. And you won the championship that year, if I'm not mistaken at yep. all. Yeah. Yep. So did. what was it kind of like coming full circle to race weekly division at, I guess, I guess it would be one of your home tracks. Um, what, what was it like to win the championship for, 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 for your home track so many years after, after starting your racing career? Um, honestly, I loved it. We had so much fun. Even, even my wife, Laura said that it just seems like everybody was in a better place, like calmer, more relaxed, just everybody's there for the same thing. That's to have fun. Don't wreck your equipment. And, and, and at most times the racing there was better than probably any APC event you ever go to because APC is getting pretty tense now. You know, everybody's so close, but Flamborough Speedway has always been my home tracks, always been my favorite track. And, and I'm definitely looking forward to hopefully moving forward here with this season and getting back at another home track championship effort, hopefully. And of course we start off this season next Saturday with the first leg of the Grisdale triple crown race. Um, how excited are you for that race? I'm pretty excited considering the last time we started doing these triple crown races and well, last year we didn't have one. So that'll be 19. I lost by I think two points to Shea yeah. Gemmel because I broke a bracket or something at the last race there and screwed that up. But so I, I've won every major thing at Flamborough, but a triple crown championship. I run triple crown races, but never that championship. So I'm, I'm gunning really hard for that. That's why, like we were discussing, I, I've been practicing quite a bit there, trying to, trying to get my stuff good. Cause a lot of guys are really good there. And, and uh, yeah, man, I want that one really bad. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be a tough field. And you know, if for anyone who's going to be watching it, you guys are going to be able to watch it on GeForce TV um, next on Saturday, starting at, I believe at 530 on YouTube. So that's going to be a fun race to be watching. Um, I'll be there with the Young Drivers Canadian Vintage Modifieds, as well as taking some photos of uh, of uh, anyone who, who's racing that weekend. That, that's one of my favorite things to do. So um, before we get any further, we're just going to jump into our fan question period um, where, you know, we get it. We, I put out a simple thing, just looking for people to drop their questions in. And of course we get to ask you them. So you ready for them? Yep. Yep. All right. So the first one comes to, comes to us from a good friend of mine, actually, Jory Elliott from uh, lift the visor. He goes, what's your favorite, favorite memory from your time in the camping world truck series? Uh, hmm. Obviously, I think everybody knows Daytona was a was a good one. That was a really good one. But honestly, my favorite would be when I ran for Kevin Harvick in Michigan because one of the things, a lot of things about racing or racers is we always remember the race is not necessarily results. So um, we were running third or fourth all day, and then I just got screwed up, and, and I ended up getting the air taken on my spoiler, which you'll hear a lot about nowadays and never experienced that before, and I ended up destroying the truck. But – I just think that was my favorite memory just because we were so fast there at a track other than Daytona because, you know, restrictor plate racing was, is definitely a different ball game, but yeah. I say Daytona and the Michigan races are my favorite. All right. Then our second question comes to us from uh, Jeff Laflem. He goes, if he was to ever ask you, would you be interested in racing Kevin Bridges Honda again? I see. I seen that he bought it. Yeah. I mean, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I would. I mean, 
we we ran that car what it was last year right it was last yeah, year, Septem- yeah. september and, 12th race yeah so we ran that car and it was awesome it was fast we were really fast that day it was um mr gibbons i'm trying to think what is what's his first name given will. will gibbons so him and i were really fast and i and i knew if i could stay in front of him i was gonna win well the mini stocks there's it, when you're out there it feels like there's 40 of them out there and no one yeah. has radios i'm so used to spotters and radios so I went down low and I didn't think to look at my mirror quick enough. And anyway, Will got by me and we were just so close. He beat me, but yeah, that car is badass. Yeah. I, I was watching that race really, really closely. Cause I was like, man, if you get out front, I was figuring like you, you were, you were going to be good. And of course I know Will Gibbons, he's, he's one of the toughest to beat here in Ontario. So mm-hmm. if, if you're going to beat anyone, you got to beat him kind of thing nowadays. Yeah. Him yeah, or uh, sure. Andy Camrath as well. Those are the kind of guys you got to worry about in that division. Um, yeah, but no, that, that was, you guys put on a heck of a battle that day. That's for sure. All right. So that, that wraps up our uh, fan question period. So, you know, again, we, we talked about it earlier. So what are you, what are your plans for the 2021 season? Um, if everything somewhat gets back normal here, we'll do the, the Flamborough, uh, regular nights again, and then we'll do APC tour again, because, I really would love to try and win another APC series championship. It'd be sweet to be the first two time guy to do it, but the series is getting so tough now and, and, and there's so much competition, so much good talent out there that, you know, you really got to be on your game. So that's why I feel like our program is really good this year, just from what I felt on Saturday after changing a few things. So um, it'd be those two for sure. I'd like to do, if we can, obviously uh, autumn colors and Peterborough and, and any other kind of specials we can get to. Yeah. Uh, is there anything in the works for you to co- return to the Pinty series anytime soon? Or I mean, there a little was stint last year there. There was stuff being worked on all winter uh, and it looked promising, but with COVID and whatnot, unfortunately there's nothing for this year, but I know the people that we were speaking with are, are looking forward to maybe talking again next year uh, once fans can come back. So the fans not returning do, you know, hurt a lot behind the scenes who like if people aren't involved in a lot of PR or, or marketing stuff, it, it definitely hurts when fans aren't in the stands. So yeah, um, there's always 2022. We'll see. I mean, I missed being in the class after being away for so long and, and we still ran really well. We got a podium and, and a top five at Chicasa. So, um, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll go back anytime. Yeah. I, is there any chance? So now with the, actually I'm going to bring you back to the APC series a little bit now. Now that they've added the the quick wick super or sorry super stock series now to the APC tour, is there any chances we'll see you do double duty this year or any plans of running even a super stock in the future? I'd like to. A, uh, a good friend and sponsor of mine of many years, he bought a wicked super stock. Yeah, it's a really good. It's a really good car, and I've already been bugging on that. If, <laughs> if he so happened to be sick that day, I could jump in and wheel it so we'll see what happens i'd love to get into the super stock obviously i know i've been bugging channel with a little bit to get into his because i know he's building one and, and you you very well know that'll be a rocket so yeah i'd like to because to be honest if i sat here and uh, and you asked what my favorite race car would be it would honestly be between an outlaw super late model or a super stock because the super stock is is a heavy race car it doesn't stop it doesn't have a whole lot of power but it's on a skinny tire so it's a lot of fun you really got to manhandle it really to drive them so um, yeah. and there's gonna be a ton of cars in that class so i really oh, yeah. hope I, I i hope i can at least get into one race in a good car for sure 
Yeah, you know, with I think they're running what four four races, I believe, or five races yeah, this four, year. Four or five, yeah. You, you know, and, and you know, there's a handful of guys who's going to be able to win each and every week, right? So it's it's definitely going to be, I'd say, about as tough as an APC series win. Oh, 100 percent. I bet you there's 10 or 15 I could list off right now that probably win any race. So, and yeah. and that's not including some of the guys that I don't know. Like I don't know everybody in the superstar class, so it'll be a. It's cool that they're racing the same races weekends we are because I'm gonna be sitting there watching them for sure. Yeah, you know I, I'm kind of happy that you know just I guess you could say just kind of like the states guys they're having a a supporting series now, so where like you almost can just like take let everyone have the night off, and if they want to come out, they you know they're, they're more than welcome to. So like it, yeah. it kind of gives. Uh, tracks the flexibility to let those guys have a night off and just be fans and enjoy a show. No, I agree for sure. And, and especially maybe in these times, right? Cause every once in a while there's somebody who wants a break. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. Funny you say that because in this over on the CVM side, uh, we were scheduled around, I think 12 races last year and this year we bumped ourselves up to 18. So <laughs> You know, we're, we're, we're expanding our race side on that, on, on that front. So, um, actually, you know what, that's going to be my personal question for me because you did reach out last year and I know you did about looking for a ride to jump into one. Um, has there been any interest or any, any kind of idea you could, uh, jump into a CVM anytime soon? I want to, because I've always been that kind of guy that says, I want to try every kind of race car I can possibly get into. And I've always wanted to race any car I can get into because my all saying is if you want to be classified as a good or if not the best race car driver, it has to, you have to be the best of that division. So I'm not all about, you know, I race late mall. I'm not going down to a division. I'm going to beat the best in that division. So when I ran that mini stock, I didn't beat the best of that division. Will Gibbons is the best in that division. So I'll return and try and beat the best. So I always look for a challenge and the challenge is trying to beat the best in every division. So I want to try a hobby car because they look, they just look crazy because there's, there's the mechanics side of it, like the suspension and, and just the bodies and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really appealing to me because they're not easy to drive. I can tell just by looking at them. So <laughs> I want, I want to feel that I want to experience it. And, and I just want to keep trying race cars. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I've never, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never stood inside a racetrack before besides Delaware. Um, that's been the only, but again, you're only seeing the front stretch for about, you know, five seconds as they come down the front stretch. Um, I've never stood in the middle of a racetrack and just observed from there. And I, rec I, I filmed uh, our feature. I think it was September 12th. Um, I filmed our feature from inside the track, from inside the uh, infield there, right by the start or right by the um, victory lane there. And watching those cars come down the front stretch, absolutely unreal. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, it's so much different than me standing up there in turn four taking pictures or shooting video. Standing on the inside of the track is such a different feeling watching them come down. Oh, yeah, especially just the way they are because they're, they're, they're kind of tall. They're yeah. narrow. So they, they just look like a real blast to drive, but they look like a handful to drive as well. So. Like I said, I, I think it'd be, I want to try one. I've reached out to a couple people, but just at least let me try and test one, see if I'm comfortable and, yeah. and just give it a try, man. Yeah. I, I really hope you uh, can uh, hop into one this year and hopefully I'm there to, to actually witness it. Cause that would be uh, 
that that would to me that would be some great photos and some great footage to to get a hold of that one so yeah for sure. I, 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 you know what anytime you're at the track man i'm making sure i'm taking pictures of anyone who's who, who i think would be who could use them right so um like i said it, i think it'd be cool to to, to see you in one it, it would be a blast watching you wheel one of those things around especially yesterday uh two of the guys like they were so loose it was unreal yeah, the track was pretty dirty yesterday um so that's why even a lot of the stuff today i was talking to my buddy stretch again about adjustments and stuff because obviously when people go out and test you know early on like we did yesterday we were probably first on the track right so literally when i pulled out there i was following the guy behind me and there was dust coming off his car so yeah i really think when people practice this early a lot of it's just you know make sure nothing's broke nothing's leaking all that stuff and and so we got through the day and so we're good so i don't think anybody wrecked yesterday in any division so yesterday was a good day for everybody yeah, just a couple of spin outs from when I in the first few that I was there for. So not, not nothing too big. Yeah, um, no, that's always good. Yeah. Uh, is there anyone you want to thank for getting you as far as you have? Uh, and anyone, any sponsors you want to thank for getting, uh, for the year so far? Um, sorry, for the year. Um, obviously, uh, you know, my, my dad's been instrumental with getting me involved in racing and, and, and obviously just teaching me my work ethic and, and everything that I'm all about nowadays, I've, I keep hearing the older I get, the more I become him, which is, is crazy. You know, when you have kids, you realize you do become your parents. It's, oh, it's, yeah. pretty, it's, oh, it's pretty funny that way. But my parents, obviously, who got me into the sport I love, my my wife's extremely supportive because everybody knows that this is a second job, really, If you know, because racing takes a lot of time. Um, I have a lot of crew guys who are always helping me at the track, and, and I have a ton of sponsors um, a lot of them, um, you know, there's Dave Wood from Meineke Car Care in Cambridge and Kitchener. I have H2O Mobile Wash, a good friend of mine from high school and Transaxle, heavy duty truck and trailer. Uh, we do a lot of business with them. They're a great uh, part supplier for heavy duty trucks. Um, who else do I got? I got Cambridge Rigging, who's our family owned business, which I'm much more heavy involved with nowadays and Equipment Express, uh, Engineering in Motion and Oh man, I swear I forget. Oh, ATV Depot. I partnered up with them a couple of years ago. He's been awesome. Anybody who wants a four wheeler or tractor or anything like that, he's a great guy to go look at for that kind of stuff. Awesome. I'm not going to hold you up anymore tonight, JR. So once again, man, I want to thank you for jumping on with me this week. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to know more about you and uh, we wish you nothing but the best in 2021 and I'll see you at the track, I guess Thursday then. Yeah. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And I'll see you then. All right, man. Have a good one. See you, buddy. Bye now. All right, guys. That was driver of the number 84 Pro Late model. That was Mr. JR Fitzpatrick. Once again, guys, I want to thank JR for coming on and taking some time out of his night and uh, uh, chatting with me. I know I can't be the, always the funnest guy in the room, but hey, you know, I I, I thank all the drivers and crew members and uh, just anyone in general who likes to come on here and, and talk racing for about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, on top of that, guys, next week we're going to have a little doubleheader. Um, so make sure you guys tune back next week. Um, before I sign off here, guys, of course, uh, you know, I'll be back at the track Thursday, Friday. So if anyone's looking for pictures or videos, let me know and I'll hook you guys up with something over the weekend. As well as um, also, guys, if you guys want to help out, support us at Jomo Media here, head on over to our stores in our bio on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. 
and catch yourself a hat, hoodie, t-shirt, or, you know, your tank top for the summer here. It's getting warm. So, of course, uh, we got some great, great Joe Media apparel as well as some uh, True North Racing Podcast apparel. Guys, I uh, head on over, get some, uh, and, and support us. It means it means a lot to me. Uh, other than that, guys, I do not have much else to say tonight. So, I will see you all next week. Uh, in the time being, guys, I'll see you guys Saturday. Uh, anyone who's going to the tracks, uh, don't be afraid to stop, stop me, say hi, give a shout out, let me know what you guys think of the True North Racing Podcast as well as our other show, The Driver's Seat. Uh, like I say, guys, if you guys are looking for pictures or videos, let me know and I'll hook you guys up. Uh, other than that, guys, I got nothing else for you. So, I, I, man, I forgot how to sign off on these shows. <laughs> you think you take a week off and you forget. Anyways, guys, my, once again, my name, once again, guys, my name is John Morrison. You guys are listening to True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Joe Media Promotions, and we will see you all next week. Bye now.